Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Record is pressed. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're back after another massive weekend of European Cup and European Challenge Cup semi-finals. Some other rugby stories as we build up to the Lions squad announcement this week as well. as loads in the rugby universe to talk about, so thank you very much for listening and watching. We're live on YouTube right now and uh, we're Egg Chasers on YouTube. Go hit subscribe. There's loads of videos there and live streams where we are live in the Rugby Dungeon, which we are now with JB. Hello, Tim. And Phil. Hello, Tim. You still haven't had your haircut, Phil? Not yet. No, it's soon. Even more Hamish Watson. <laughs> you are very Hamish Watson. Ama- amazing your progress from Nicola Sturgeon to Hamish Watson. <laughs> <laughs> two Scottish greats. <laughs> uh, so we've got two uh, podcasts coming this week. One, uh, a kind of Lions selection focus. Maybe even three, actually. One, uh, Lions squad reaction, which mm. is maybe even more interesting when Warren Gatlin says. Um, but a special guest on this podcast. We're, we're we're not only the only podcast that's there for you 52 weeks a year, every Monday morning, caveat, except for after Bank Holiday Mondays when it's on Tuesday morning. Exactly. Uh, but we're, we, uh, we're also getting you the big guests. And um, Wayne Barnes is on the line. Oh. How, how are you doing, Wayne? Salut tout le monde. Uh, je m'appelle Chris. <laughs> je viens de Et voilà. Lovely. And um, enjoy the weekend. What do you think about the lineup in the Champions Cup final now? We know it's Leinster, but, uh, oh. sorry, not Leinster, La, La Rochelle taking on Toulouse. Wonderful. Totally agree. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> great. It's great to have him on. Great to as always. Uh, I, we'll, we'll talk about that later because I imagine there's lots of people that wanted to tweet about how amazing he was but they're on social media blackout they must be devastated <laughs> devastated it's a great point mm. it's a great point so how who watched the big match this weekend uh, I watched the biggest match the most disappointing did match I didn't see uh, <laughs> did, did you watch it Tim who did Talk H play Talk H did not play who did uh, Old Winnians? Yeah, who did JB? How did I play Stork and put his kit on for? Uh, how, did you, how did you get a game for another club? Well, you just turned up. So with your boots. I was a little bit frustrated this weekend because Tokich didn't have a game, and I don't know why we don't have a game. I'll be holding someone's feet to the fire as to why this has occurred. Okay, sorry, so games can now happen. Games, games can now happen. Now it's wonderful. It, there, it's not quite as you would expect, but games can happen. So I went to watch Eccles versus Old Winnians because isn't it just absolutely stupid that you're not allowed into a premiership ground 
but you can go and watch your local club. <laughs> so I thought, do you know what? Eccles are playing uh, All Winnians. I'll go and watch. So I sat down, got myself comfortable. It was four sets of 20. Mm-hmm. And after the first 20, Old Winnians players came off and we were in the same league as them. I have been Didsbury Talk H. And the captain goes, oh, you're doing your homework? I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I'll also take a game. He goes, right, go get some boots. So literally, dressed almost exactly like this, actually. Uh, went on with these gym shorts, an old winnings top. Someone lent me some size 12 boots, some size 10. Didn't matter. <laughs> Did not matter one, one bit. On I went, and 60 minutes later, game of rugby. Nice. Wonderful. How did you... Because so you, you had a game just before Christmas, didn't you? I didn't, because I had a nose operation, and it was 50-50 if I was going to play. Uh. I, and if I'd have known there's only one game, I would have played. But then we went into lockdown again on the Mondays. Yeah. Everything was cancelled. Yeah, because you were expecting a longer per- period of games, yeah. obviously. It was... Can I just say, it was glorious. And the best moment, maybe, ever on a rugby field, which I've had, <laughs> was in the first ruck, where someone rubbed my face into the ground. And I got... What do you call it when you rub basil and you get... Is it, is it, what's the thing which happens? It releases some, some something and it makes you feel good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> do, do you have any idea? Do, do you know, like, cut grass makes you feel good? Yeah, oh, okay. That, that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I got crushed, the sense of crushed grass into my face, and I thought... Oh, I've missed oh. this. It's like a weight <laughs> was lifted off my shoulder. Like, someone just took a, a, a CrossFit 24-kilogram ki- kettlebell off my shoulders. Ding! <laughs> who, who, had, who had four minutes into the pod before CrossFit yeah. was mentioned? And that's that it. That was oh, can I give a, a CrossFit shout-out? Uh, if you must. Yeah. Our, our, our friend Lauren Smith has built a CrossFit gym. Oh. In, in, in Barry, which opens in... When is that? In August. So Wonderful. When, so when that opens, I'll give it a proper shout-out with its proper name. Wonderful. That Amazing. is great news. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I've forgotten where we were. <laughs> rugby, Tim. Rug- rugby. Rugby, yeah. Rugby. Well, this is... The the sec- the- I watched the second biggest game then. Yes. Friday night. My beloved Ulster. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that you're, you know, so Ulster. Commiserations, Phil. Brilliant game, though, wasn't it? I loved it. it. It was a hell of a game. It yeah. was an amazing first half as an Ulster fan. It was a terrible second half as an, yeah. as an Ulster fan. Well, it was the worst. It, it was the worst second half of all, if you were Stephen Ferris, having predicted <laughs> 10 minutes into the game. He said, and I quote on Twitter, one of the people that was tweeting, yeah. uh, said, this may backfire, but... What do we say? Ulster by 30? Oh. It backfired all right, didn't it? Mm. It, it certainly did. I, I mean, there was lots of questions about what Borthwick had said at half-time. Maybe he got Stephen versus tweet up. Yeah. Like that, that is pretty good motivation for Can't imagine Bo- Borthwick being on Twitters. No. Twitters? Twitters? Twitter. <laughs> Maybe not. Do you want to talk about that game first, just because it's uh, a chronological order? And it's got a premiership team in, and it's got your team in. I'd talk about it. I wouldn't talk about it that long. But no, because I think it's, it's important now. So first it, it, is, it is important. Go first on. things first. The Challenge Cup is so much better this year because of more knockouts. It actually means it's, I think, a serious competition now. I don't think it, people got serious about this until, well, the semis. But now it's a knockout. You feel that it is a lot more serious for uh, a lot of teams. Uh, can I, can one, I, oh, sorry, go on. I'd say one of the semis was very serious. Yes. One of them was maybe not as serious. Well, the Bath semi. The Bath Montpellier. Okay, yeah. okay. Um... We will talk about that in a bit. I was there. It was very interesting because Ulster are a very, very good team. Like, they're not exceptional at any one thing, but they're good at everything. There's nothing which they're deficient in. And And, and they're they're very well coached. They're very well drilled. And they they are the kind of team that is more than the sum of their parts. Like, you look at that, um, that pack, the Ulster pack... 
the only guy probably that gets into the um, the Leicester pack is is Hendo, mm. um, maybe Herring, but uh, that's it. Curtsy when he was about and fit. Yeah, Curtsy's no longer there. Yeah. Curtsy definitely, albeit when he was having Curtsy yeah. and Jasper Visa is yeah. um, an embarrassment of riches at number eight. But um, yeah, that's a fair point. But that. They they bossed it in that first half. They were. Definitely not the strongest team, but they the way that they played the game, both defensively, their kicking and when they chose to kick, and most importantly, that they got away within the first half. Ulster are brilliant when they can get when they can guarantee themselves quick ball. Now they 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 don't win that by the kind of Ellis Genge, Jasper Visa, Kurt Seer way of making ten yards, dragging three defenders with you and then getting quick ball. They do it by Taking contact on their terms, not yep. ma- having massive wins, but having the support players there and a nine ten who want to play, who want quick ball in their hands, and they did that amazingly in the first half. And, and Leicester played into their hands because mm. Leicester kicked a lot and kicked really poorly, really unintelligently, and also could just return it and retain ball for phase after phase after phase, and that's what led to the Hendo try, the Billy Burns try, the Balcoon try that was disallowed. Um, and then in the second half, when things changed around, reversal, yeah, it was a total reversal. Leicester kicked a bit less, but they kicked a bit more intelligently, and they forced turnovers and they stopped Ulster from playing. And Leicester did brilliantly in that second half to to totally turn it around. Yeah, there's a lot of things I like about this Leicester performance. A, they got battered, and then they realised how to play the game in a way that suits them to play to their strengths. And I'll take credit for this because I actually tweeted it. I said, I think there is a way for them to come back here. I really do. Because towards the end of the first half, they did look a bit more compelling than they did towards... Sorry, they did the start. The second thing is, and I've got to be careful what I say here because I do not know this for a fact. I do not know um, what goes on inside Le- uh, Leicester Tigers at all. But in the past, Leicester Tigers have had criticism because there's a lot of player power there. And there's certain personalities which were very strong and maybe the coaches came unstuck because, not unstuck, but maybe the balance of power was wrong between the coaches and the players. For Borthwick, just to make three bloody big changes at half-time. I mean, I don't know what was wrong with George Morrison. I have to assume that either they wanted more physicality or he was injured. I don't know why he came off. But Cole and Youngs, to come off at half-time is brutal. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. What that says about their future at the club, I don't really know. Whether this is shots fired, maybe it's their last chance, maybe it's nothing. I don't know. I, maybe I they be- maybe reading too much into it. Maybe, maybe there is a shift to yeah. more of a squad player um, rather than th- the automatic yeah. first choice. But I, I don't think that this is I don't think this is the end. I think they'll they'll be around for a while because they are they're very useful players well, yeah. in, Cole, in their own right. Cole resigned earlier on the, this year. So yeah. I can't see I don't know what length of contract that is. But it is interesting when Leicester have so much, and I assume they have so much uh, salary cap to play with, because Eastman went and Manu well, went. They will have. I, don't, I doubt they do at the moment, but they will have when they stop paying for all the players they're still <laughs> yeah. paying off. I don't actually know how that works. I do not know if... Well, it will go on their cap for this season. The money that they paid players to leave so does will Manu's, be on their cap. So Manu, so Half of Manu's wage, or whatever the so, agreement is. Yeah. So will Manu's wage 
So will Manu be counted twice on the salary cap this year? Part for sale, part yes. for yeah. Leicester. Yeah, it, it, yeah. If he's paid by sale, because yeah. he could only if sorry if he's paid by Leicester, because if Sale paid him the same as what he was earning pre cuts at Leicester, no, that's not he's had no loss. But no, yeah. that sorry, I don't think yeah, that yeah. is the case. Yeah. But the way it will be calculated um, from like a well, both the salary cap, but also from like an employment tribunal, yeah. from a legal perspective, if it would be his loss of earnings through him having it cut. If there is no loss of earnings, Leicester don't have to pay him anything. Yeah. yeah. Now, there is something in it that he has to make a meaningful um, attempt to get a job, i.e. if Kyle Eastman, who now does have a job, but if he made no meaningful attempt to get any job at all, he might not be entitled to his money, albeit the cap would be a different situation. But, but next season it'll be a healthier picture for Leicester. Yeah, well, I think they are they are right on the correct track now. I, I'm most impressed, by the way, Borthwick, who's not a Leicester man, has actually reinstalled Leicester-style values to the whole thing. And they've just got this nice mix of being very horrible to play against, and they've got a tiny sprinkle of stardust when you need George Ford to do it. And, I, and, sorry, some, and some young guys coming through. Some yeah. of their own young guys, like Joe Hayes, like mm-hmm. uh, George Martin, like Freddie Stewart. Van Freddie Port- Stewart Van was Port- superb. Van yeah. Freddie yeah. Stewart, I think Freddie Stewart had probably his best game in Leicester Tigers shirts on Friday night. And the other one was the tight head who replaced... Joe Hayes. Yeah, Joe yeah, Hayes. Yeah, he looked very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you're a Leicester fan, you've got to be excited about this because there are better squads than you at the moment. Definitely. But definitely. there's not any squad that I can think of who is in as good a position with as much salary cap to have in the future. Yeah. Which is the most encouraging part. And if they are, if they carry on recruiting as well as they already have, they can do things. Next season. Next season. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I do like the way. Wasn't always in agreement with it early on, but... Um, I, I think Borthwick has no. and done a lot of the and, right and things. And I think what is encouraging, well, and, and it's not. this is one of the issues I have with the way the Premiership is set up, as I've said many, many times, but they have lots of players who are just below international standard. Yeah. Which is, uh, unfortunately, that's that's what is good for winning Premiership titles. Yeah, except for yeah. the halfbacks. And let's give, give him credit where it's due. I thought Youngs was exceptional when he came on. Well, the, there was there was a few changes um, on and just after half time. The three that you've mentioned, there was obviously the Youngs Youngs came on forty five minutes on the clock, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, and Wiggy didn't have his best game at all. No. His, his kicking wasn't its usual high standard. I, I, I think it was just a bad game. Wiggy's still a class player. Mm. Ben Youngs looked amazing, and the the opposite happened to Ulster. Because John Cooney, who was looking amazing in that first half, was key to the quick ball that Ulster needed to get on the front foot. He had that unfortunate collision with um, Nadolo. I could not work out what happened there. Can you? It's Nadolo's thirty-five stone and hand, John his hand is thirty-five stone. It, yeah. yeah, it was just an awkward rugby incident. It reminds me a little bit of uh, what was the Xerxes in uh, three hundred? Xerxes in three hundred. The the the, 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 the Persian god ah. guy in three hundred. Isn't the Persian god guy dead skinny? Uh, he's yeah, he's just massive though. Yeah, he's massive, massive and skinny. <laughs> but yeah, he is but, massive. I'll give you that much. But that that changed the game as well because um, Albie Matthewson came on. Um, who's he's a good player. He's a solid player not, who's not John Cooney. Past his best, I think. John Cooney's like a cult figure now. John Cooney. I think he's been. I've said this so many times as well, as has Phil. He's been so hardly dealt with by Ireland. 
I, I completely What's agree. he now, 31 or something? He's, he's 31. So yeah. I think he was 31 this year. Not really getting a look in Ireland, is he, anytime soon? Unfortunately not. No, but, but they've missed out on a couple of years of but, real quality John Cooney time as well. Yeah. So here's a, here's a thought on that, which is he wasn't always quality. He used to play at 10, and he's sort of grown into that role. And I guess the dilemma for an international coach is just because he's class when he's 28, is that enough time to be an international? I oh, that's yeah, of course. I that's, I'd, that's a I'd crazy. Say. I think that's a crazy thing, yeah. bit line of thinking. No, not really, because he gets. He's not been that good till twenty eight. He gets to twenty eight. You're thinking mm, World Cup cycle, and then you're thinking, well, it's taken him till twenty eight to get here. Who's going to say he's going to sustain well, it? But, but then he has to thirty, and then you oh, actually, we can't have him. You you have been one of the biggest advocates of Richard Wig- Richard Wigglesworth being an England player for the last few years. Yeah, and how old he? Thirty seven. Richard Wigglesworth has been doing it since he was twenty one. So, so my point is, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying that is, seems like a really odd logic. No, no, no. Follow us through. He hasn't been good enough till he's say 28. At 28, you go. Well, he is definitely good enough based on that performance there. But can he sustain it? He might need. Ju- wasn't you know, wasn't he um, up for European Player of the Year last year? Know. Yeah, but that'd be 29 or 30. Right, so then he has to sustain it. But by the time you get to 30, then you really are asking questions. Can you stay in for another World Cup cycle? See, I, I would go back to the point that we've often made, which is pick the best players. I would pick, agree. Pick the best squad. Pick the I, best players. I would agree. I'm just making the argument as to why he might not, why he might not have made it, and also, you know, opportunity and time. And you've got a younger guy you want to get in there, and then you've got Murray. I, I can see why he hasn't done it. He was great at Connacht, to be fair, and he stepped up when he came to Ulster. Did he play ten at Connacht? He played a did, bit of did, both. Did a bit of both. Yeah, because yeah, it was him and Kieran Marmion hmm. at nine. He so. played ten for. In Ireland colours four. Oh, great! How can I not remember AJ McGinty's name? AJ McGinty at nine. <laughs> that was the nine ten combo. Black, oh, either Ireland schools or whatever it was. Black Rock College, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, well, well done to Leicester Tigers. Quality win that. It, it was, and to do it in that manner, because I, I did think that as it came into half time, when they were Leicester were knocking on the door and they got a lot of pressure, a few penalties towards the end of that first half and Ulster repelled them so it went it was 17-6 at half time and I thought oh because if they'd have scored their penalty or or um seven pointer you think going in at half time they they're on the ascendancy they're going to come back but having Ulster having stopped that I was a little optimistic a little bit yeah. too optimistic yeah. it could be their first uh trophy in a little while major trophy I'm not counting the Anglo Welsh cup no we shouldn't but uh <laughs> But this is the one issue I'd have if I was a Leicester fan is do do you want that photo of you lifting a trophy around the ground and replayed in seasons to come when you're wearing that kit? Yeah, it's a bad... Do you know, I, I spotted one redeeming feature on that kit. Hmm. It's a very small redeeming... It's not enough to redeem it, by the way. <laughs> but it's a small... What is it? It's the fact that the stripes are on like a 5% incline on me yeah do the way quite yeah it's sort of, it's just like like seven percent or five percent like tilt well they've actually done the brand logo at a matching seven percent tilt so it doesn't go across the stripe it goes in line with the stripe and i thought yeah at least someone's done some thinking okay one tiny tiny detail tiny oh, the samurai one yeah yeah I, I at least the samurai thing is in line everything yeah. else is horrendous oh yeah so it is 
Yeah. Unless yeah. unless you hang that team photo at a seven degree angle. See, look on that pi- <laughs> look on that picture there. Uh, Phil's looking at a picture, that top right one. Uh, they've got how the kit should be immediately behind the picture of the actual kit. It's not hard, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's really not hard to make good rugby kits because almost every club has a template of what a good kit for them looks like. Oh, how Leicester Tigers came up with this kit is beyond me. I'm just looking at some really bad Leicester Tigers. Ones There's been the some year. awful that, ones. That one's awful. And they the seem Cougar to that they, they seem to have awful yeah, ones the when they win one. trophies. Didn't they win the Anglo Welsh Cup when they had? That horrible yellow change kit. I like that one. I'm certain that, they that had a grey one good. with a pink hue. I'm sure that, that was a thing. There's a grey one here, black and grey one. There was that one that was like camouflage <laughs> as well, which is yeah, that horrific. one. But there's the orange, all... orange and brown one as well, oh, which is a nod back to a, an earlier kit. That's not too bad, that. And That's, yet, th- there was okay. about when we started the podcast, Leicester had a new kit, and it was beautiful. The one of the most beautiful kits it I've ever seen. Basically, solid green with one red stripe, one green stripe. It was almost perfect. It's the, isn't it, it the was... kit? Isn't it the kit? The Manu two. Like, there it is. You just went past it, Phil. That, isn't that one. No no, 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 no. You just went past it. There, 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 middle. That, oh, middle. that one. No, 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 left. That, that one. one. That one. Oh, okay, that one. Stunning, isn't it? Oh, that's that beautiful. One, that is stunning. That one is great, and I like, apart from the arms, that one's great. Yeah, that one's well. okay. I mean, uh, that's the, the thin strike. You can't, yeah. obviously, you can't see what Phil's looking at. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think the, the beautiful one we're talking about, I think, was the one that Manu Tulangi was wearing when he walloped Chris Ashton. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's part of the romance of it, who knows? No, the romance is they look like E-type drags. Mm, they do. British right. Racing Green. British Racing yeah. Green. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about um, the... Well, there's some people saying maybe now the finals or final should be moved or the Champions Cup should be moved to France. Now it's two French teams. Uh, why not? <laughs> I just hear an argument not to. Uh, other than... Isn't it going to be Twickenham because you can have fans in? Yeah. N- not fans of the club, but you no, can have, you some, can have fans some fans in. in. Taco's a lot of shell fan. Presumably, 10, yeah, presumably in France they wouldn't be letting fans in. Although I don't know about their... I don't return know. Return to play. I, return to normality. I'm fairly comfortable on either scenario. I think if they play it where they originally decided to play it, don't care. N- uh, not Marseille. Anywhere but oh Marseille. God, is that where they were originally going to do it? Anywhere but yeah, Marseille. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, <laughs> not Marseille. Of course Biggest not. rats on earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he's a, oh, got one message in the live chat at the minute. Tom Morgan, Bath fan, says he was gutted they didn't make the final. We'll get onto that Ooh, in a little yes, bit. Yes, we will Tom. get onto that. I can't wait. Uh, but uh, he said, still heading to Twickenham for the final. Mm. Obviously, got his tickets in anticipation that Bath might be there. Should have known better, Todd. Uh, and he, but he says it'll be great to have live rugby back. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we might as well. There is don't, don't want to deny ten thousand fans for the sake of fifty, sixty people travelling over from France. You can have ten thousand rugby fans enjoying a game again and a couple so, of beers. Talking of games, should I play for Rudgley Rugby Club on Friday night? Rudgley, yeah, whatever. Where's where's that? I don't know, but the playing just uh, I got an invite to play from, and it's just off Stoke on Trent, so I could do that on Friday oh, night yeah. and then play again on Saturday. <laughs> So it's like being a 16-year-old isn't again. That gonna, isn't that going to affect your CrossFit regime, JB? No, I'll just do it in the morning. I'll just do it, I, I do it in the morning anyway, so it's not going to bother me. I can do it. I can do it all. My word. You, no one else fancy that on, on Friday night? I'm injured, unfortunately. What, what's wrong with you now? Oh, it's your silly foot, isn't it? My silly foot, yeah. Pathetic. Agreed. Uh, so uh, just uh, before we depart from Leicester, Ben Youngs has um, excused himself from consideration for Lions selection this week. Did this cause some sort of outrage? Somewhere, uh, by who? I don't know. I, I saw it on sure. Twitter. People were saying something or other about. I think the outrage was was there a joke that I'll make myself unavailable or something or it, uh, there was something I didn't. Really with, pay with some attention. people being a bit. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming that uh, if people were saying stuff, they might have been making a joke like getting out before you 
not picked? Or is that what people? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know because he was he was picked in 2017. He was, yeah, was he picked in 2013 as well? Yeah, and he was selected in 20. No, no, no. Was it 2017. He was selected, selected in 2017 and, and did didn't not. and stayed. So there's yes. definitely a sentimental thought that if it came down to a 50-50 call. Warren Gatlin might take him because mm. of what happened four years ago. And he is a, you know, regardless of what you think about him on the field, and we talk about the odd howler he has, uh, he is prone to a world-class game and he, very he well on is, by all accounts, a great bloke to have around yeah. around the place. Well, he played very well on Friday night. I'll give he him did. that much. He, he uh, definitely He did. is the England incumbent, which means something to some people. Yeah. You know, so... There are things in his favour. Hundred caps and all that. Yeah, that makes that makes a material difference, I guess. I would also say that I'm not sure I would want to go on this Lions tour. If I was going to miss one, it'd probably be this one. Uh, mm. And he has not had a Lions appearance, or has he? Did he go to Australia? I'm just. Uh, I feel he went I, to Australia. I don't know if he did. I think he did go to Australia. Oh, he did go to Australia. He did, so did he start? Did he play in any tests? Uh, don't know. I think so. Maybe it's that he's toured, but he hasn't actually had a test. Alliance Phillips. test. It was Murray and Phillips. Yeah, he's not got any line. Uh, oh, two, two, two Lions caps. Oh, maybe two that Lions is. caps. Then fair enough. Let me just quickly flick down to the games. I'll find out. In a so a hundred on England caps and two Lions caps. And there you go. Fair enough. Fine. Anyway, he, he ruled himself out. But the, yeah, just on the just to flag up why you should hit subscribe in wherever you get your podcast right now, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Acast, whatever else. Hit subscribe because uh, we'll have another uh, a couple of lions focused uh, podcasts coming out this week. Absolutely right. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd want to go, uh, or at least this would be the one I decide I want to miss. Uh, locked up in your bedroom for. For five weeks, you are going to uh, need some go, absolute warriors. You'll, you'll be uh, swimming with sharks and all the rest of it. You'll be out in the wine regions. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you think that's how South Africa's operating at the moment? I don't know. Maybe bubble. It's. They'll do be able to do all that a as a bubble. Yeah, big you'd, bubble. You think? Do you know they're all going to? They're not going to be able to get away from each other. So I've got a friend that's gone to South Africa. He went just before Christmas. And he's been reporting back back to me, saying it is just like normal here. I'm in the pub, I'm watching <laughs> TV, and we're all screaming about the South African variant and wetting ourselves. Um, I wonder if, when the Lions get there, the nor- the normality of where they are is like, okay, yeah, we can just go out and do whatever we want. That's what everyone else is doing. But I wonder if, because of how they need to be seen by the British press... They will be locked up in bedrooms and they, not allowed out, and it'll be irresponsible. And that's why I wouldn't want to go. They they will have to be more careful, I think, um, because of the bubble aspect. Because we we saw we'll mention it uh, later, but we saw the um, Bordeaux beggars this week. Their squad was decimated because of COVID. Yeah, no, was so, it? But, yeah. but but equally, there is definitely a PR game at play, and we've talked yeah. about the compromises. And, and as ridiculous as I think a lot of it is, there we go. Uh, we sort of pick your battles yeah. and go. I'll yeah. pick rugby. It's like, for example, I, I, I they're going to cancel test to be a disaster, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. With shocks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about that <laughs> as, as such. I'm talking about like in a stadium. Like, so I was at the rec on Saturday night, and you um, have to do a health declaration before you go. Mm. You have to. Um, you get your temperature check. You do all all of that stuff. You have to socially distance. There are different zones where you're. You know, pe- people within certain zones. I'm not allowed to go into the red zone, which is where all the players and people that get regularly tested are. They're all separate. So all the people in that red zone are regularly tested. The, the, the transmission outside is zero, basically. And yet these coaches who are with people that they they're with all the time when they're on telly have to put a mask on ridiculous. which is ridiculous it is ridiculous so I think so my point being with the South Africa thing 
that they are going to have to play that PR game. Yeah, yeah they sure. will do. The saddest thing is our friends over the board in Wales, they don't even have rugby back yet. I don't think they're even training. I saw a little poster that the WRU put out, and it says something like they can't do line-outs. In fact, I think they're limited to just touch and disinfe- disinfecting balls at, at the moment, which is absurd, because you're 30 miles over the border and we can play games, well, a modified game, with no scrums and no malls, but still, a game. It's a game. Yeah. yeah. Feel, feel feel very sorry for them. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Let's talk about Bath, because you were there. Oh, by the way, I didn't think you went to games anymore. How do you mean? <laughs> Stephen Jones definitely said that you didn't go to games. I'm not convinced he was talking about us. Who else would he be talking about? I have no idea. Uh, look, I'm a narcissist, so I think it's us. <laughs> JB's <laughs> referring to... Um, <laughs> the. I uh, see, the problem I have with even mentioning this now, I don't want to. The problem, and, the pro- and the issue I have with the, like you mentioning it on that video and various things is it actually... it's. It gives our larger, more significant audience. That is true. It, le- it lets them know about a smaller, less significant podcast. That is true. So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk about it. Yeah, fair, sensible. I'm not gonna talk about it. Um, but you were at a game. Yeah, it was great. Great to be there, and I, I love the wreck. It just, I just. Uh, so cool, isn't it? I just want the uh, the fans need to come back. It's, so, you, and they will you, be, and they will be. Mm. So, are you still convinced that Hooper should go? How, what's your what's your opinion? No, on no, I've, I've never said Hooper should I, go. Oh, sorry, I thought I got I must have got it wrong. Well, uh, okay, so what what happened on Saturday night um, was a couple of things, but I think you can lay the defeat for Bath at the door of well, first and foremost, having a nineteen-year-old ten who hasn't okay. played, who hasn't played a lot of rugby. Okay, and blame on the kid. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, no that's that's you win nothing with kids. Yeah, yeah, you win nothing, kids. It's fine. Uh, I'm not blaming him just per se, but just mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's in games like that that a, a bit of experience and someone that you sort of back to kick sticks and and keep the scoreboard ticking over. They didn't kick take points when they were on offer, mm-hmm. and with the conditions as they were, and in a semi final, I, I cannot fathom that. Particularly when they kept trying to go and go and go, it was that su- it was that sunk cost fallacy yeah. in action where they thought we've tried this long and we haven't got to try. We better keep trying more rather than going. Should we just take three? Yeah, and get something to show for it. <laughs> what with him? <laughs> I mean that that cost them because there was um, the the most obvious one was late on in the second half where um, I think Montpellier was six points up at that point and obviously. The Bath had time for two scores, but wanted the seven-pointer. Yeah. They forced it enough to give um, the loosehead prop, Enzo uh, Folletti. Folletti. Yeah. yeah, who is a strange-looking yeah, dude. isn't he? Old little, school, old li- school. Yeah, proper little barrel like, of a prop. Little T-Rex arms. Yes. I bet he's well good at bench press. He only has to, oh, move, only yeah. has to move it about six inches. Um, he gets the yellow card, and they go again thinking, oh, it's about to crack now. Montpellier win a turn or was it a turnover or was it um, not putting your body weight of the clearer yeah, yeah, but they give like Bath give a silly silly penalty <laughs> and then that's it so, so, the, so, the so, so I just dissect Bath so there was there was not taking points when they were on offer sunk cost fallacy repeatedly going for it and expecting a different outcome yeah. uh, there was uh, ill discipline penalties given away stupid penalties and Phil just referred to one of them there and there was a, a line-out which has been so reliable all season, has been one of the strengths of Bath, and mm. completely went to bits. And I look at those things, and you could say it's culture, it's fundamental, it's all those things, but uh, if I was a Bath player on that field, on Monday, when, when we sit down and go through a review session, I'd be saying, uh, you know what, Coach, 
coaches, that, that was on us. We completely effed up. That was on us. They can't say us all. I mean, this is such a repeating theme with Bath. So a thing really interesting came up in the press conference that they held, and Josh McNally was talking. He said the reason that they lost last week against Wasps, or one of the reasons, was because they felt the senior leaders were either coaching... Yeah, the word was coaching the others through the game too much. I... That tells me they're worried about other people's performances rather than just knuckling down and doing it. I wonder if this is... I wonder if there's just nobody in that group of players that demands the standards that they that, that they need. I, I, I think they all let themselves off. I think the way that they talk about uh, their processes and systems and all these like really nebulous terms without actually telling you what they plan to do probably means that they don't know what they plan to do in the do in the first place funnily enough i think actually i mean charlie yule speaks so well and he's so well he's like he's kind of a classic rugby captain yeah he's got that yeah but uh i don't know maybe maybe they just need someone not quite as nice I've, i mean i've said this about the training i've said this about the training ground and you know, Farley House is absolutely beautiful and incredible. Maybe they are too pampered there, and maybe they need to get back on Lambridge on a, on a horrible Tuesday night and whack lumps out of each other. Maybe they need a skipper or someone in that side who's a bit nasty. Yeah, I have said this about Bath so many times now, but I will say it again. There's obviously someone on Bath who's doing a phenomenal job because they picked up people like Wilmier, McConaughey... Bayless, um, who's the other one that I love? Did Bayless come through the academy? But yeah, 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 yeah Bayless anyway. is academy. No, 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 that's what I mean. So yeah. they're obviously developing people. Yeah, yeah, doing and a good job. Miles, they're identifying Miles talent. Yeah, and they're identifying talent. And actually, yeah. some of the signings are absolutely class. Yeah. So you add all these things together, somebody's doing an amazing job. And then when they get into camp, they just—it's just nonsense. What they're producing is utter, utter but garbage. They also do have the problem, which is exacerbated this year, that. They've got a load of stars. They've got a load of people who are away with England and yep. Wales. Um, they're, and they're Leicester. That, the last two years when Leicester were rubbish. Yeah, yeah. look, they, they made top. But, they made top four last year. They're I think they're better for this when they year. play. I, I think they're better when they play their not so big stars. So I mean, I mean, there's there's some guys who like Falatau and Watson, for example, will make a difference to any team. They will make a difference to any team. But then I really think that Reed makes a difference and, when he plays. Will, will Stewart is class. I think Will Stewart has come on. A long way, actually. Yeah. yeah, but that's the problem, isn't it? As we talk about every week, we always tell, we always say how many great players are. He was great. He was great. He was great. He was so, great. Uh, so I think as, if you, yeah, I think you're, you're right. When, when Leicester have been in eleventh place, and well, uh, yeah, when Leicester have been in eleventh place, won on a technicality because of Saracens, mm. they were actually the twelfth best, yeah. well, the, the worst team last year. Um, they've th- they've had that because a load of their cap space has been taken up by players that they don't get most of the season. This season is exacerbated, as we talked about before. I think Bath are actually relatively unique in the, the amount of players they lose. They, they do lose a lot. But Mind when, you, they had them, like, they had them on yeah. Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But on Leicester, then being 11th, I don't think anyone would ever suggest that Jordan Murphy is a bad bloke or a bad coach or, or anything like that. But they might well say he was the wrong guy to be the director of rugby no. at that club and he's come through he's not had any if, if Steve, if Steve Borthwick had that same squad that Jordan Murphy had Steve Borthwick would not get them above 11th he might get them to 10th if he's lucky maybe 9th if he I has a really so, good time of it I'm so sold on Steve Borthwick now 
that I, nah. I, I am. I think he would have got as far nah. as he is now. No, nah. their, their squad was because all over the shop. They had, they had all that money tied up in Manu Tuolangi never fit. Johnny, and when he was fit with England, Johnny May, tons of money never there. George Ford never there. Loads of players that were long in the tooth and not good enough that they kept on for ages. Rubbish back so row, not, so and, and not, the squad looked what, what you were so talking about. Then? What you were talking, no, what you were talking about with Leicester earlier was that they've actually done a much better job at recruitment. That's what's changed. I think. Well, there is definitely that that has happened. I also think that Borthwick's uh, vision and the way he's built the squad from the ground up again, based on set piece. Uh, Ruck defence. Part of that was helped by having Saracens relegated last year, so you uh, could just yeah. clean house. It was effectively Leicester, d- and we've seen it before with Harlequins and with Northampton. They go down to the Championship, get relegated because they're awful, clean house, sort everything out, come back, and they both went on to win the league within a couple of years. Leicester have had the ability to kind of do that to a degree. To clean house without the relegation. To clean yeah, house clean without house, the relegation. Yeah. And that is, that is important. The other thing as well about Leicester is. When they got rid of all those big names, a lot of the guys that went, well, two of them at least, were internationals. So Johnny May went, and Manu went, Manu, which yeah. obviously you know frees up some cap space. So you can buy some cheap, cheaper South Africans. I think Bath need to do something. Yeah, what? Yeah, they've uh, got to balance their squad better. That's the, that's the problem. I don't. Th- I've got a feeling Watson has not signed a contract for next year. I don't think he's at the rack next year. Mm. I, that can't be true. I'm sure he's. We'd have, have heard about that. I'm sure he doesn't mm. have a contract for next year. So, you know, Watson's amazing, right? But would you rather have Watson for seven games when you're, you know, in the race for the top six? Or would you rather have someone for the whole season? So would you rather pay 60k to Will Muir? Yeah. For the whole get, season? Yeah. Or would you get, rather have three no, Will just, Muirs and get in the top four? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they just need to go and raid London Irish again. Get Ben Loader. Tom Parton? Ben Loader for a third of the money of Anthony Watson, and you can use him for every game. Yeah. Or oh, Ben Loader. Just a straight swap. Joe, um, Joe Cock and Singer for, for Ben Loader. Boom. I'd do that <laughs> deal every day of the week. And then Tom Parton for, for Anthony Watson. Um, this game, so we've, we've, we've spoken a lot about the structure of Bath rugby and quite a lot about the structure of Leicester rugby. Yeah. In, terms, in terms of the game, it was I, I was a bit disappointed with it, just because... In, you had two tries in the first 20 minutes 22 minutes whatever it was and then a lot of stop start and failed attempts and errors in the red zone from from both teams which was a bit disappointing given how much talent and, and this that is probably the story of the game and, and these two team seasons there is a hell of a lot of talent across both teams but neither of them are really getting they're not maximising the talent's performances on the pitch no not even close uh, I mean if you think Bath is egregious, <laughs> but Montpellier uh, fourth from bottom, top fourteen without squad. Yeah, however, they changed their coach in January. They have got some important players back fit. Andre Pollard they've coming got, back. Andre Pollard. Let me back. coach him. Let, let me coach they've him. Got, they've, got a, go. <laughs> they've got a serviceable pack with uh, the couple of star players like Paul Villemza back in the side, and he's, he was massive for them. And they've won six in a row now. Hmm? Oh, okay. Have they? They've won six in a row and they're in a European final. So yeah. they're having a shocker in the top 14. That was d- down to the start of their season, which was horrific. Yeah, I do think Leicester have got their work out when they get to the final against these, these boys because they only need to have a semi-good game. It'll be a good game, that. They can't attack. Montpellier have got no attack. Well, their their defence is immense and it has been all season. It's crazy when you've they, got they Pollard, Lozowski, Usen. Usen. Pollard and Usen are two of the highest paid rugby players in the world and they're both creative playmakers. Yeah. 
How can they not attack? How do you not just tell them, what do you want to do today? Uh, X, Y, Z. Okay, go do that. I I don't need to hear any more about that. Their best attack came through um, Lazowski. made a couple of lovely show-and-go breaks. I mean, you can have a midfield, can't you, with... Usen, Lazowski, and Pollard. There's no reason why you can do that. that, that that's what it will be. I'm sure. Liz- oh, I'm word. sure. I'm sure Lazowski. I like it when he sounds like a New yeah. York cop. Uh, he, uh, he'll go back to 13. But uh, and he had a terrible start to the season. I'm actually glad before he's gone that he's given a good account of himself. He's on loan, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 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 Mm. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. They're a very good team. They only need to click slightly, and they can beat most teams. I would have thought. Well, I don't know. I, I Leicester's defense is. Awesome, Montpellier's defense is awesome. It could be a horrible, could be a horrible six, stale, stalemate of a game, like nine six well, six three horrible. kind of a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we want. Yeah, I did not see the all French affair. Did anyone see it? Yeah. Before before we get onto that, let's, just very very briefly, and without going into too much of a tirade, I want to reference what's gone on this weekend around it because um, the, the rugby shut down. Oh, it's on, God, it's this, online yeah. accounts and sports did so say what you want to say All right. about draw the line and, and the efforts there well I, yeah feel free not to contribute because I, I, I do appreciate they're also your, your employers Tim but they're not mine uh, I think it's ridiculous I think the, the whole campaign is ridiculous um, I s- spoke to Premiership Rugby about this because they've got a campaign which is bastardised from football really it's a football campaign it's football, cricket and rugby of Football, all. cricket and rugby. And I don't know if it's because there's a link with BT Sport or whatnot. But BT Sport have got this charity called Glitch. And the history behind Glitch is it's a Labour activist who had some message to whoever it is about something. She received abuse. I think it was about decolonising curriculums or something ridiculous like that. She received some, some, some abuse, so she set up a charity. This charity's been in existence for four years. There's no... Uh, financial data behind it because it's so so new they don't have much in the way of fundraisers from what I can tell because they've got a GoFundMe page with uh, they're looking for 4,000 quid and they can only raise 170 quid from 12 donors so it's not like this is a popular charity with a groundswell of support they've just somehow got them got their way into BT Sport so I phoned at the Premiership and I asked them for their views on this it strikes me they don't know anything about Glitch, or they know very, very little. They couldn't answer any of the basic questions. When I asked, like, how big is, a, is the problem of social media abuse, the answer I got, well, we don't really know. Or Actually, the precise answer was, we don't know, but the demand is obvious. If you don't believe me, look online. They also couldn't give me a definition of what abuse is. So, is abuse when, you know, I call you, a, you, know, you an idiot? Is it, you know, what is, what, what is it? So, how is this for absolutely... Perverse. I asked Premiership Rugby, well, what's your standard for abuse then? To which they said, uh, well, you know, it's obvious what abuse is. They didn't actually give me a standard. So I gave them an example of abuse which I've received. And actually, I gave them an example of abuse which fans have received off a well-known journalist on Twitter. (laughs) So my argument to them is, you are cutting out one of the avenues that your fans communicate to you with, i.e. Twitter. And yet... On the same breath... And Instagram, presumably. Yeah, and Instagram, whatever it is. Most people aren't on Twitter. That's one yeah. point to make. You're, the vast majority of people aren't on Twitter. You're going to lecture your fans that they're potentially racist, homophobic, sexist, and whatever. And by the way, this isn't me saying this, right, okay? This is what you find on the Glitch website. They are not talking about... There is a certain amount of social media well, All, all of those things we should absolutely call yeah. out and say is, is totally wrong, right? Yeah, but this is what they're saying. They're saying to the fans, right, you are potential abusers. And then they're letting someone who actually does commit social media abuse on a regular basis 
into their grounds, i.e. one of the most prominent journalists in the country. And if you don't believe me, look on his Twitter feed and look at if all I can, of if you can. I can't, I'm blocked. No, no, yeah, no. If, if you can. If it's the, yeah. who you're talking about. So, yeah, anyway. yeah, it's hypocritical. <laughs> And allegedly they're, they're, they're doing it for, for the little guy. To me, this is just a, a really well, na- nasal-gazing okay. campaign, okay. which is protect blue check marks from occasional nasty comments. And what will happen is two things. One, we'll end up banning people who probably didn't deserve to be banned. And two, and more importantly, I don't think it's going to make social media nicer at all. Because now what we're going to have is what I call the neo-abuser, who is somehow enabled by campaigns like this to call you a racist, sexist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, or an abuser. Well, and, uh, there's a few people that do that already. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then you never get called out. The, by far the most prevalent uh, abuse that I get is people misrepresenting my views and then, co- then, la- then labelling me as something which I'm not. And I think this happens to loads of people. It happens to ex-achieves. It happened to James Haskell the other day when he was a misogynist. That is real abuse. And if you want to talk about what really affects people... It is that mislab, it's that labelling and misrepresenting of opinions, but they don't care about that. Okay, well, uh, if I just say what I think the intention is, is rather than actually, uh, it's not about the individuals. I think what the the intention is is by sport withdrawing, it's actually hitting these companies in the pocket mm. big big time because yeah. a massive amount of their traffic comes from Premier League football. Rugby's small fry by comparison. Hang on. But Premier League Let football... Let me just work this out. What are you saying here? You're saying that a lot of the... They're trying to change, they're trying to change policy and, and, and policing and, and accountability of these companies by hitting them in the pocket. Well, the message they're sending is, we potentially hate you because you're all potentially trolls. Well, OK, and, and to flip this around and, and, and broaden it out to kind of what we've talked about before, and I, I like... And, you know... I list, uh, every now and again I listen back to the odd little bit of a podcast just to, you know, get a vibe. How did we sound last week or whatever? Nutters you know, and you know, And do you know what I felt like last week? I felt like we absolutely love, we absolutely love the sport and love the game. Mm. And that's, that's what I want to project out into the world is how much I love mm. it. And so just to broaden that out and bring it back to a different example. I, it was the NFL draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week mm. just gone. And, and I, I recorded it and watched all of the first round of the NFL draft. And... There was basically a four-hour program based around people picking players. And <laughs> it was excitement, it was fun, it was a great analysis. There was fans involved who were going nuts. There was the players who were crying because they couldn't believe all the work they've put in has paid off. And it was just this enormous celebration, and it was all based around basically just picking guys just it, c- it could have been done it's a bit like deal or no deal you can mm. actually that show could last five minutes if you go I'll have box 12 box 10 box, <laughs> box 9 it's the same you could just have Ro- Roger Goodell going yeah, the Jets have gone for him and but, but they, they drew it out and they celebrated the sport and, and I'd like to see a bit more of that and even to the point what the NFL have they were, they were trailing this during the show they were saying hey don't forget May the uh, May the 18th Tune in for the for the schedule reveal, and it's oh, <laughs> the schedule reveal. When, when, when the, the schedule fi- when the fixtures come out, they have a big show and a big event to announce the fixtures, who's playing who so and when. The draft is brilliant because there's strategy in it, there's yeah. interest, there's yeah. game theory, there's the whole thing. There's NFL, there's all the trading. You've got the uh, the combine and everything that goes into the draft is amazing. Every time. Um, a league tournament tries to make a big deal about the fixtures coming out. I'm like, well, this game is not happening for another six months. I don't care. I don't even know who the I teams are. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I did. Well, all all I will say on that though is at least 
even if it, you go, I don't care, or it misses the mark, yeah, it misses yeah. the mark, it's brilliant. It comes from a place where they're going, oh my God, I love this sport yeah. so much. I want to squeeze every bit of joy I can out of it. I can get that. And yeah. I, that's kind of where I am. And that would be a great starting point. And actually, you could just, you can change stuff rather than, you can change stuff basically by ignoring bellends, for want of a better word, and just saying what you love a little bit mm-hmm. more. And, um, well, yeah, you, you, you can change things, can't you, by not putting your lo- put, putting your lot in with a single issue campaign group, exposing your fans <laughs> to basically an element of the culture war, and then wondering why are they why don't they like us? Yeah, well, what I, is it? Why I mean, don't they like us? I mean, you you said it before um, about clubs, JB, Tim. You said it before about individuals and yourself. Um, I don't spend much time on Twitter no. at all, mm-hmm. unless but there's a breaking news story. The vast and, majority and of people don't. This isn't. A, this, yeah. But I'd, I'll just push back and say this isn't a Twitter thing. It's it's the principle, and it's the the way that they have decided to lecture the little people. Oh yeah, and, but, and that's what I yeah. hate. But it, it's it's all driven by a Twitter thing. Yeah, which As which in, like, it's, it's, no, it's 90, driven, yeah. 90 or maybe even it's, more percent yeah. of people aren't on it. It's driven by someone who wants political power over Twitter. And BT Sport fell yeah. for it, hook, line, and sinker, and well, shame on them, shame on them. Well, well, let's let's go let's, let's go back into the yeah. Let's, let's very go very much JB's opinions, clearly. Very much my only my opinion, yes. not <laughs> Tim's opinion. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It very much isn't. Um, but anyway, uh, just back to the Bath Montpellier game. What, what did happen with the line out? Because there's only so much I can see while I'm actually stood watching it, and I, I don't have like the replays all the time. It, it just looked like it was uh, real basics, was it? Were, were, were Montpellier? I, I didn't see that Montpellier there, were like nailing it no, so th- much. There was just, there, were, there were some basics, just basic basics, pull yeah. throughs, bad um, lift one time. Bad, it yeah, was just a, there was um, no one thing I could pin it on. No, I mean Yukuba Kamara is. Uh, a rangy um, awesome. intelligent jumper yeah and you, you saw his pace uh, for it was his try wasn't it yeah. the, the little trip over the top Rataz yeah. uh, to Yukuba Kamara um, but no it, it was just a bad a day Rataz? at the office Rataz Rataz was it Rataz it is Rataz yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. French up winger sure yeah Rataz on I, was, I was there I promise <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was right. It was the, the nine, not Kubish Reinach, um, the, the starting nine. That is, uh, where are Bath in the table in the Premiership? Because the, the other seventh, yeah, the other bit of news is that the top eight are going into the Champions Cup. I don't like that. What? How? 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 Yeah. How does that work? The, the top eight going into the Champions Cup. Why? Twenty four teams in the Champions Cup is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rubbish. 
they are seventh at the moment, yeah. two points ahead of Leicester Tigers. So their season is not over because they could be overtaken at, by ninth. They could drop Wasps, into ninth. Yeah, um, I mean, technically, I think Gloucester or Newcastle could catch them up, but it, they're not going to. Yeah, um, Wasps could overtake them. So okay, um, or they could overtake London Irish. Well, they've got Sippers to the rescue. He's going to play before the year is out. He's going to play in that game, against, well, uh, game bit, against Gloucester, I think. Yeah, they've been in touch, you know, and he is getting ready to play and allegedly trying to get fit. Although I've seen his Instagram this week, he doesn't look like he's getting ready to play. Yeah, I'm sure his head's um, c- celebrating his um, recent marriage. Yes, yeah, congr- congratulations, congratulations if, uh, He's got it all. The top two inches are rapid, fast, uh, and elite level. Like you know, like Andy Good when he. Played for Newcastle and kept exactly. them up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Congra- sure. Congratulations to Sippers on his wedding. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm sure he's very happy. Uh, okay. Big, big, big boy tournament. Tournament. Now, I, if we can not talk about the old French affair because I didn't see it, and I mean maybe well, touch on it, but let's touch it. It, it wasn't the best game. Um, I said this a few, a few weeks ago. We had the last round of games. There's a couple of old French affairs. Yeah, but well, Bordeaux it, seemed to bring about. Ho- Awful games of rugby. Well, they, it's, they do, don't they? They, they really are. With the French, when f- the French teams have played the French teams in the knockout European um, rugby, it's, it seemed like neither team wants to. They're so afraid of losing that they don't want to win, and it, it felt like that a little bit. Now it wasn't helped in this. The, the conditions were awful. Yeah. It, was, it was pouring down the really greasy ball, um, and it wasn't helped by the fact that Bordeaux had had um, a COVID breakout and. A few of their players, um, guys like um, Santiago Cordero, missed out. Who is one of those players who can change the game? Um, I mean, if if you want two more exciting wings in the world of um, Cheslin Colby and Santiago Cordero facing off against each other, mm. that is potentially brilliant. Yes, and it didn't happen. So, but did I see a Cheslin Colby break? From yeah, the oh, there's there's one break. He plays like um, you play bulldogs at school. Yeah. I'm just going to oh, yeah. I'll, run, I'll run backwards for a bit yeah. oh there's a gap I'll go well yeah. Shane Williams used to do this didn't he he used to play at night and sometimes it was brilliant and other times it was devastatingly bad yeah here is why that caught my attention I actually messaged a very well known coach about this which is I, is he just the exception that proves the rule and He's one of those guys, like, he's so valuable because you can't coach anything which, like which he does. You would never, ever tell a player to do that. In fact, you would say, wouldn't you, so 99.999% of players go forward. I mean, that is rugby 101, isn't it? Go forward. And obviously he he uh, he went backwards. In fact, I'll tell you who the, um, who, who who the coach was because it's a really interesting discussion. It was, it was Russell Earnshaw. Mm. So I found him a quick text because he said, go forward. And he makes the point that the best rugby player is not the one that goes forward all the time, like I would say. And he is definitely more qualified to say this, <laughs> for the record. It's like the guy who can make the decision. When it is time to go backwards, go backwards. Yeah, and it, so Cordero would be one who can do that. Another one um, would be someone like Marcus Smith, who will play not necessarily what he's been kind of taught to play. He'll, he'll play what's in front of him, he'll play what he sees. And he does things differently and he's an incredible so, talent. Just on that, did you ever listen to Rugby Dungeon when Russell came came on? I did, yeah. Did you hear what he said about Marcus Smith and the things that they did to challenge him? Yeah, I, I remember. And I've, I've, so I've read than, some of it else, some of it elsewhere yeah. as well. Like, so rather than give him the information, like 
so uh, Jonathan Joseph said this this week he's like I'm trying to develop my game now so I can become a second pair of hands eyes and ears for the fly half and be that second distributor so instead of giving giving what um why? Why have I got Jamarcus Russell in my head? <laughs> the, the quarterback for the Raiders in in two thousand. Anyway, uh, Marcus Smith. Instead of giving him all the information, they gave him no information just to see how he'd get on, and just continuously challenging him over and over again. Yeah, which is something I was listening to a podcast uh, recently that was talking about something similar with musicians and, and David Bowie. Some of his best work was um, this. Is the podcast is cautionary tales. Um, with Tim Harford, which I would highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. There's an amazing one on the R100 and R101 airships. Ooh, oh, yeah, the one which the ones that they kept at Cardigan. There, there's uh, one, one oh, up in Yorkshire and one down south. There's the competing in, ones in Bedford. Don't go on but, about airships. But, what yeah, was the not point? Yeah. <laughs> but some of the David Bowie's best stuff was they they basically had like cue cards of challenging things to do when you were kind of practicing and playing music. Um, that is a bit like some of the stories that I've heard. Um, I think Eddie Jones has done, and, and coaches with England coaches with Marcus Smith, where it's like you'd give one of these cards to the the guy who's playing nine or twelve alongside him and say, "Don't tell him the moves. Don't tell him what's going on yes. in training." Or you have to kick every third ball, or you've got like just things that make you think about it in a different way. Yeah, so these coaching cards, I am aware of these. Have you heard these, Tim? The Magic Academy ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think they're great for kids. Um, and where I depart from it all is for adults. So at senior rugby, it depends what, it, to be honest, it depends what no, sort of team No, well, I, think that, I think that's, clearly that's got to be bollocks. It's like farting. Farts are always funny, not just when you're a kid. That is true. <laughs> I mean, there is. So th- there's, there's if, if it's relevant at a younger age, it's relevant when you're older. That is not true. That, that's absolutely that, true. That, that is not true. I, I, excessive drinking. Well, clear, clearly it's true. <laughs> clearly it's no, no, true. Cause well, no, because you said when it's younger. So excessive drinking isn't relevant when you're younger. Oh, it's so, always relevant. It's always no, relevant. you just have a worse no, hangover when no, you get older. Like, look, if, if I went to a rugby club and someone gave me a card saying kick every third ball, no, the answer's no. I'm gonna... I just, see, I, I think it's got a place. At, not I, not I in a game. You wouldn't do yeah. it in a game, no, no, though, would even, you? Even in training. Because say you've got... What? You've got an hour and a half, right, to coach your team. Yeah, but well, it depends what you're trying to coach them. To, to win are you, games. But are you trying to coach the... The fourteen people to react to things which don't happen that aren't planned. Not always, no. Well, but that no. would, but that would be the coaching point, wouldn't it? Uh, of telling someone to so kick every third is, ball. Yeah, so this is really interesting. I think when you're a kid, there is an argument. I'm not sold on it at all. But there's definitely an argument to say enjoyment is more important than winning. Maybe I'm not sold on that. Yeah, so I, I can see that. That but argument. I, but I can see it. It, is, it is understandable. But again, I'd say. At a time, I wouldn't want to eliminate w- winning and competition totally, but you don't need to be competing over every so, single yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and equally, and equally, I understand we're limited. I understand we're limited time, but what I'm, I'll, I'll, just, I'll get my little uh, name name uh, check ding out. Uh, it, what you're talking about is a very Ben Ryan approach. Ding at Newbury, <laughs> he basically did a load of training so that if people saw it, it was loads of training, kind of like that thing where it was structured stuff and rules were put in mm. play, and it was all based around. If you spot an opportunity, even if you're on your own line, in your own dead ball area, if you just get a sense and you see it's on, go. 
Yeah. And I'll never bollock you for trying and failing. Okay. Because because and, and over time, when you actually had that mindset and you put yourself in situations where you could, it was like you you can't kick out of your twenty two. That's what we're going to play. You can't kick. You have to run it. What are you going to do? How could you engineer space? And okay. mm. So the problem with this is it's sort of like left wing, right wing kind of arguments, which is yeah, left wing, right wing, and then you sort oh, of I meet, don't like all the politics and, again. And then, please, no, 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 yeah. and then you sort of meet again in the middle. So you're arguing one thing, you're arguing another, and then it all sort of com- comes back round. So the way I look at it is with adult rugby, and I'm not talking about kids, I'm talking about adults, okay? Because you've got a limited amount of time. The, the thing we want to do is win. We don't really care how we do it. We just want to win. And also, I think it's a lot more fun if you go to training and then you come out and you've learnt something. And if that something is, hey, we believe that we are the best team in the league at lineouts, and we have a load of pride in how we practice our lineout, or we have a load mm. of pride in how we do our breakdown... I think actually learning the game in the you know the boring technical aspects of it can be tremendously good fun because then you're equipped with all the answers to uh, overcome this stuff. Now, I, th- I think we could almost clip up that little last forty-five seconds, and, and you could say uh, it could be the answer for Alexa. Why? Why have England? Rug- why has England rugby team been terrible at reacting to unpredictable things and solving issues on the field for the last decade? But what is the unpredictable thing? Because South Africa aren't unpredictable. Well, no, all right, no, solving <laughs> yeah. issues on the field. Like, like on, one of the things with the England team over the last five years has been a constant and repeated issue about not being able to solve problems in the moment during I, a game. I, I, I just don't buy Because it's all robotic. Yeah, I don't buy that argument. I don't think that England are worse at solving Rubik's Cubes than, say, Scotland. Um, I, I'm just saying, that method of coaching where it's like... Uh, here is everything all messed up and here is chaos and spot the spot the spot the gaps on and so forth that is great and what i find is when i talk about rugby to people who coach like that they'll say oh well what if your line out isn't there then well, what, what, what are you going to do then as if that's the master question my question back would be well what if you never see the space what if yours what if your skill-based approach never you know has line break or they're really well organized because that's how you defeat that kind of strategy of you know, skills and play what's in front of you and this, that, and the other is you just don't give them anything, anything in front of them, or you don't give them the ball. You know, so it's all circular. You know, anyone that tells you that there's one way to coach and that is all skills and play what's in front no, of you. No, you're not saying there's one way. You're saying there is one way not to do it. That, no, that's that, that's my way, and I actually think you can go either way because you can say play what's in front of you, and if you're really, really good at that, sometimes it works. But the way to counter that is to be really, really organised. And if you're really organised, there'll be nothing in front of you. Now that there is a philosophical thing you know which way which way do you like your teams to be i like to take a lot of pride in the organization and the knowledge of what we do in our line out being the best line out in the league and the league above that and the league above well, that. yeah but you talk about line outs but that's a closed skill where actually that is the right approach to take well there we go because so, it's like because that's line yeah and then you so like steve borthwick says of course massive borthwick fan now so like <laughs> if you think about those sort of things you can apply that to defense you can apply that to breakdown you can apply it to line outs okay you can only really apply the play what's in front of you mantra to one area of the game, and, that, um, and, and that's attack. But that's just one facet of the whole thing. But it, it, it's the problem-solving aspect. Like, if, if there's a... Um, if it's a line-out one, and you're having a problem because they've got two massive jumpers and you can't get around them or get over the top of them... Got loads you've of answers got to, for that. You're, this, and this is the thing. Yeah. You've got to be able to think on your feet. Yeah. If, if, bath, bath on Saturday night. Eventually went to the front a couple of times and thought, well, let's just get rid of this bollocks and get the ball no jump no lift throw it to the front man and get it to scrum off but you know it's so i would ask bath in that situation 
You know, did you do everything that you needed in order to make sure? Did you did you show the opposition a different look for the same move two two or three times? Yeah, did you, uh, yeah. Okay. Arrive, did you arrive there quick enough? Did you let them? Did you let them set, set up? All these things, right, are very very ordered processes. And if you go through that process, you will come out eventually with a good lineup. And eventually, and sometimes here's here's a, here's a crazy thing: sometimes you, you don't win because they're really really good too. It's just one of those things. It, it, it's always and, and no. Um... No philosophy, no way of yeah. um, changing things is ever going to counteract that. But that doesn't mean you should stop trying. No, but I think that's where the, uh, the whole skills and play what's in front of you fall, falls down. Where you will sometimes come up against a team which are really, really well organised and then all but by that, disappears. by that logic, so does practising your line-outs hundreds of times and practising your exactly, rooks hundreds of times. That's exactly what I mean. Falls down. It's like a left-right argument. Yeah. You know, it all comes down to the same thing eventually. Uh, and, what, and what I would suggest is you, the two best teams in the top 14 and the two teams that are going to be contesting the Champions Cup final one of them's going to get a, a, another star or a star or another star above their badge are teams which <laughs> play the freest rugby well they, they do right they yeah. do, they well, do glad both. you mentioned this yeah they do they're the teams yeah. that do both yeah, yeah. because and, and this is yeah I mean if you talk about the um, KBA the there's, well, oh, you if you talk if you talk about skill sets versus size, it's not a it's not a one or the other so, argument. It's a it's a both. Yeah. I think so. I I have to disagree. I have to disagree here. So go on then. All right. So I, I mean, I think what you're saying is reasonable. Okay, uh, and I I'm thinking I'm trying to make this relevant to the Leinster La Rochelle game as um, as well. All in all, okay. But ultimately, La Rochelle have got the press talking about KBA and offloading and you know, you know all of this sort of stuff. But it's all predicated on one thing, isn't it? Get get over the gain line, win. So, massive, yeah, yeah but that, K- that was massive no, just, But you said you disagree because that is that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's both. You can't you can't do the the keep ball alive. Without the other hundred percent, you can't you've got, get over well, the game line without keeping the ball. Alive. You've got, yeah, but you've that, got, that's when you come yeah. up against. Because if the, if La Rochelle just had that, they would have been nullified by Leinster. Leinster have got an international pack. If mm. they just had that, they they wouldn't necessarily have won. They might have won, but they certainly wouldn't have won as convincingly yeah. as La they Rochelle did. have KBA keep ball alive, and they have KBA <laughs> kill bully annihilate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kill bully annihilate is far. <laughs> yeah. better. I do not believe that like uh, KBA does not exist without. <laughs> Uh, Skelton, yeah. Antonio, yeah. and a French hooker who's a monster. Of course. It, it, and and that's, that's precisely my point. It's yeah. not one or the other. And it, if it is one or the other, you're either going to fall down because you're going to get bullied or you are going to fall down because you are too limited and you are too predictable. And that, this it goes back to what Baxter says, which is, yes, you can stop us. It, we've got a very powerful driving mall, um, pick-and-go game. You can stop that. But if you stop that, we will hit you with... Woodburn and O'Flaherty and Stuart Hogg and Henry Slade outside because mm. they can do both. And the best teams don't have one or the other. They have both. And La Rochelle and Toulouse, the best two teams in Europe, are perfect examples of that because if you give them enough space, if you stop them up front, which you can do, then Cheslin Colby or Raymond Rule or uh, Brice Doulan or one of that plethora of um, talented outside backs is going to run around you. Eventually. Well, Han. If you if you do stop them, if you stop them so, in the tight, yeah, you, there will be space so, out wide. No, no, I I I don't think that will happen 
because I think if you stop them on the game line, then they don't have what it... I see what you're saying. If you throw in more numbers to, to yeah, stop, yeah. stop, stop yeah. Will, Will Skelton, that might open up space yeah. elsewhere. And that's, that's exactly what... Think that's what exactly what Bikes don't was saying. stop them... That because what you're saying, if you do stop them, you'll get beaten on the outside. And I'm saying if you don't stop them, you'll get beaten on the outside. Sounds like you're going to get beaten on the outside. Uh, well, not if you're beaten through the middle first. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought Will Skelton had one of the most remarkable games and basically reminded everyone why big men are very, very important. In he, was, he was like, do you remember Joan Loma Rugby on the PlayStation back in the day? And when, like Joan Loma, you could press the two buttons to do a handoff and basically you couldn't be tackled. It was like, that was like, it was like Will Skelton. He was, was playing like Lomu. He reminded me of one of the giants from Game of Thrones in, in the battle <laughs> scenes. <laughs> well, that try he scored, he starts falling before the five meter line and he just keeps like he's falling and one more step one more step one more step and then before you know it he's already over the line because he's so long and powerful at one point he lifted up ryan baird like he was a, <laughs> a child yes yeah. unreal ulster had a bit ulster lens had a bit of a horror here because they actually started the game and they looked like they were going to win it comfortably, I'd say. That first 10 minutes yeah, was all... Into, and yeah. to the point where they forced... I can't remember who got yellow carded, but they, they had all the pressure. They forced the yellow card. They keep going with the pressure. They score the try. And you're like, well, this yeah. is easy. Like, they, they know what they're doing. They've been here before. Yeah. Experienced t- team. Uh, do you know, that's... Uh, this is off on tangent now, but that is the most unusual thing about this La Rochelle team. Baxter said it. Uh, Sanderson said, said it the other day. And I'm sure that someone at Leinster probably has said it at some point which is if you want to win a European Cup you don't win it in one season you do the quarters and then you do a semi and then you do a final and then you come back for another final and then maybe you might win that but I don't think La Rochelle have been in a knock have they they've got knocked out against uh, Scarlets they got, they, they've done Challenge Cup semi-finals and Hmm. I think didn't they get to knock out? Yeah, Scarlets. I'm sure it got out. referenced. Yeah, didn't they, they, get they were in finals last year? Quarters or semis once last year, before. Who maybe. Did they? So they had sail twice last. Uh, that was in the pools. That was in the pools. They, did they get through the pools? I think so. Yeah, maybe they went out in the. But I mean, that is a lot quicker journey than I was led to believe is necessary to win the European Cup. Is they had, they yeah, when did Saracens? Because Saracens lost. I mean. Claremont's a bad example. Claremont had been to the final what yeah. three, four times. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, I think I think they've paid their dues. I, I reckon we've got to the bottom of why John O'Gibbs is leaving La Rochelle to go to Claremont because he's just fed up of Ronan O'Gara getting all the credit, all the credit. <laughs> Ronan O'Gara who coaches defence, John O'Gibbs who coaches attack. Um, on La Rochelle, I had to think about how they played today, and just tell me how you feel about this. So. Obviously, they're big and physical, and we've spoken about that. How would you go about stopping them? What are your tactics for stopping them? Well, they were, do- they were doing a good job, and I think it was quite p- pivotal when Reese Ruddock went off. Mm. And, I mean, I, th- so I think it's just personnel that can do a job that you want it to do, and he was quite a key cog for Leinster that, s- p- that actually enabled them to do a job or contributed significantly to doing a job of stopping them. And to lose a, a massive six that just puts his head in ugly places. And yeah, ch- and chop, hits hard. Hits hard, chops people down all day. Uh, it's only one guy, and but nevertheless, he was a pretty pivotal player Yeah, I agree lose. with that. I mean, they could do with all the physical help they could possibly get, frankly. Which is mad yeah. to say that, because they're Leinster. Yeah. Yeah, and it is... They're not lightweight. They look yeah, like, unbelievable. But it's an international... 
It's an international pack. Their pack or their scrum, I mean, they just look like they're in different leagues. Like, literally yeah. a championship yeah. team against a premiership team. So like some of them were, some of the scrums were crazy. Yeah, so I'd say there's, there's, there's Reese Ruddock was one key part. And then the other thing is, it's just depth in key positions have, have been a bit exposed lately. That, that fly half. They need to, and this is Irish rugby more broadly, but they need to narrow the gap between the first choice and the second choice now apparently yeah. is it Harry Byrne the, the younger of the, the Byrne brother ah. he's, he's meant to be the true heir yeah, to, I've heard this. to Sexton's throne but they need to close that gap fast because well, well Corby's back now Corby is back yeah whether he's going to be the answer I don't know but he is back doesn't help Leinster right now but yeah or um, whatever but um, the, the interesting thing with Ross Byrne is that was his 100th game for Leinster so he's not He's not a kid. No, and he does yeah. play finals. Like, yeah. He has won finals starting for Leinster. So yeah. he's not a bad player either. But didn't he, no, play, didn't he then, play when Saracens did a job on him last year? Oh, I can't or remember. was Sexton playing that? I can't, I can't remember. remember. But it, there, there is something in the... He, even though he's played 100 games and played a lot of, the, of some big games as well, there's always been... He's kind of known he's the number two. Mm. There's always been like a, quite a clear... Now, that... that that boundary is blurring at the moment because of obviously Sexton's injury and age. Um, but yeah, that I don't, can't think that that, that helps no. having been, always been second choice, um, even though you get a hundred caps doing it. So here is the thing I thought about La Rochelle. It is maybe possible to stop them. There are things you you can do. But the things I can think of are actually things which are fairly controversial in the world of rugby and the sort of thing which we hear time and time again we want to we want to get rid of. So I can only think of really two, three effective strategies broadly to stop them. One would be double hits and double hits and, and work rate. So work rate is fine. Double hits is actually one of the things which is looking to get banned in the no, French game. No, it's not. They trialled it in the French second division and then ditched it. Yeah, but the fact they've even spoke about it tells yeah, you what it tells you. I mean, I think that's it's just a trial. Number, it's I think that's happen. crazy. It's not, it's not going to happen, don't you? Yeah. It? Well, it, it, it was trialled and, and went away after a few games. That is certainly a, the direction no. of travel in no. the game in general. No, no. Number two is kicking the ball. So you want to be turning these guys and getting them, getting so running them back and forward. That's an interesting one because I would say that, but then uh, that would be my automatic go-to. But when yeah. I've seen La Rochelle, their conditioning is really good. As in, even though they're massive, they in this game they got stronger as the game went on. They did. They looked. Did they get stronger, they, or did Leinster they, just Leinster get pulverised? Yeah, I, it's hard to separate those two out, but isn't it? Conditioning would be an obvious thing, but well, again, you got J- John O'Gibbs and Ronan Agara, a very, um, and I mean this in the language sense, a very Anglo. Uh, what's the I can't remember what the word is for English speaking, but whatever that is, it's kind of a, a, a sort of Anglophile. I, well, I don't know. Well, whatever it in, is. in terms of conditioning, it's the. But the, it's a very non-French. <laughs> yeah, setting. yeah. And in terms of the conditioning, the French, my understanding, of limited understanding from what who I've heard speaking and, and books I've read, is they view uh, rugby um, performance more as an art than a science. Mm. Whereas in the English-speaking world, particularly um, the home nations and Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, it is very much the science side. It's yeah. the science of nutrition, performance, conditioning, strength. And you can dovetail this with the conversation we had about coaching. You need both. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and the, it's at its best when you have both. So the last option you've got, right, and this isn't controversial at all, 
but I don't know how to do it. I genuinely do not know how to manipulate a game to achieve this outcome. Same which Tim has said, and he got it from Rob Baxter, which is make them make them get get off the floor. How do you make mm. how do you make them get, get get off the floor? What is the strategy that you employ to make Weenie Antonio get off the floor over and over again? Ball in play and and phases, yeah. and that, that's what it exits to don't, do. Don't is kick have... the ball out. Keep it in field. Yeah, phase but, after phase after phase, but also keep yeah phases and keep eat, eat the pick and go game. If, if Uwini Antonio is 154 or whatever he is right now, kg, getting that off the floor every single time. Now, there's an element that if he's smart and if La Rochelle is smart, he won't be the one making all of all of those tackles unless you target him yeah. or you target Skelton or unless you. There again, if you have to get, have someone else take over that work rate, that work rate will accumulate got to, somebody yeah. else. You know, you have to share the work rate out. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how this team gets beaten unless somebody equally physical beats them up, like to lose, like to lose, like to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I, the reason I, I love this team because they do sort of reinforce all my rugby beliefs, which is get over the damn gain line, get over the gain line, very hard with big men, and you will win. You, you'll be well set up yeah. to win. No, yeah. in fact, I'll take it back. You'll win 95% of the time. But who cares about the other 5%? Who cares? <laughs> I, I actually, again, I, I'm just to make it very simple and go back, you need both. Like you can, Montpellier are a great example. They have, they, they had on Saturday night, they had massive forwards who can bludgeon their way over the game line, but then they had backs who just can't attack. <laughs> and they couldn't take the opportunities when they were there. So you need both. And the two teams that are in the final definitely have both. I cannot wait for it to lose. Uh, it should be really exciting. They could cancel each other out, like I think, I think the Challenge Cup final will be. But I think I might make uh, La Rochelle my second team. I think I'd do that for, for me, actually. So uh, you can't do that. Well, I've said it first, so I'll, I'll do that. I, I think I thought <laughs> it way before you. My, my reasoning for it was... I don't know the if you, con- you... Cognac, just uh, up the road. Cognac, Cognac region, obviously... Um, the U-boat pens, U-boat pens. Obviously, that's, that's, that's more my thing. Well, it sounds, sounds interesting as well. And but there's an interesting story behind the guy that the stadium is named after. The um, stad- is it Marcel Michelin? No, no, no that's, that's uh, Clermont. Clermont. It's uh, I know. I now, you, now you whatever the guy's thought. name is, he was a bit of a bit of a World War Two hero. I think was he really? Well, yeah. my reasoning actually was a bit of all those things. Um, obviously, Bruce Doolan as well, who I yeah. love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. No, it was. Um, I read an article this week, and I can't. I wish I could give credit, but I can't because I can't remember um, where it was. But the owner, when he came in to La Rochelle um, fifteen, twenty odd years ago, um, wanted to get um, buy-in from the town, from from the city, and it got, he got a load of the local business owners to invest small stakes in the club, so butchers. Um, Restauranters, love it. Laundrettes, every all, all of the small businesses, so that everyone in the town feels like they own a piece of the club, and they all have that connection. And that just seems like a really like a, quite an easy win, but quite a a smart way of doing business and getting that buy-in, like extending the the community. I think field. I'm right in saying exactly. in the top fourteen last season, or up until they could, they sold out every seat yeah. for every home game. Yeah. Which speaks to that point. It's only a small town, actually, ha- having been. And the other thing, when you when you go, the match day was amazing. The game was in the evening, and it was on a Saturday evening. And I, I spent the day just having a coffee in town, walking down the cobbled streets. We did a couple of little filming pieces, and there were there were just black and yellow balloons. Yeah, yeah. And streamers on every shop, 
yes. all over town. It was amazing. So uh, that that's that definitely fits in with what you're saying. Yeah. Population only 76,000. Yeah, small tiny. town. Which yeah. is tiny. So basically one been... one in every four or five people goes, goes to the game. Crikey. That is awesome. I think I'll stick with Toulouse in my second team, thanks. I mean, the, the, other, <laughs> the other option, if you don't like rugby, um, the other option is if you're a, a burglar, La Rochelle seems to be a good place to go. <laughs> Any, any burglars out there? Lara Shell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be a good final show. Is there anything else we need to talk about from this week? The only thing I just wanted to mention in this game, two amazing examples of tight headlocks playing in this game. <laughs> yes. in, in Will Skelton <laughs> yes. and uh, Devin Toner. Yeah. That is that is tight headlocks done Victor Beats well. a tight head eight? Not oh, really. But then, I mean, Aldrit, Aldrit playing six and Vito playing eight, oh... Well, maybe mean, Aldrich was a tight head eight and... Uh, Aldrich's a tight head six. Vito's a loose head eight. How good was Booger it as well? Oh, you got, oh. oh the, the hooker. Mm. Phenomenal. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal. I love French hookers. How many... Like, yeah. No. If we were picking... Uh, if, if we had the Lions squad and we were invo- involving French guys... I think there's there's an argument that maybe half of a Lions team would be French players starting I'd 15 know, and maybe even up to half a squad. Christ, if only we had a Lions podcast to do. They've got so many <laughs> amazing players. It's, uh, it's well, crazy. hold that thought. It's, well, yeah, I will hold that thought. What I will say is it's almost like the French system, since they oh, actually go. got it sorted, the French domestic system <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a quota of French players, 16 out of 23 in every matchday squad... And uh, spreading the money out across two professional divisions, and now a third. It's almost like that's actually quite a good way to go. And maybe ring fencing is a bad idea. Look at my videos on YouTube to uh, to examine the <laughs> French system and why it's so amazing, and why you're getting teams playing like they're playing. And it isn't just foreigners; it is French, it's French players. It's not foreigners. Seven in a matchday squad, <laughs> which is less than most uh, Premiership sides. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you get seven, you get seven South Africans in a in a sale shop. In a sale pack. pack. <laughs> well, hang on. I would, I would say that Sale as a club now have changed their residency. So I, I, I think I think we're absolutely fine. Durban Sharks. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got enough South Africans not to be considered English now, so we're we're, we're, we're fine. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to the finals. Um, yeah, although uh, I do kind of. A little bit concerned, but obviously we made the point about Leicester and Montpellier that could be that that low-scoring, tighter, defence-driven affair. JB kind of game. D- yeah, absolutely yeah. for JB. And then the, from what we've seen of when two French teams have played each other, as I mentioned in the quarters and, and this round, it's, they want to they don't want to lose, so they're afraid to win. It's going to be gladiatorial. So it really. could be that, that close game. It will be a, a total, total arm wrestle, that final. Oh, it's huge. Right, we're, we're going to do a Lions uh, podcast, uh, so make sure you hit subscribe in your feed. We'll keep this video on, so you can carry on watching, and then we'll do... All right. We'll do that. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let the boys play. So, yeah, support an end to this podcast, Tim. Uh, I just did. All right, and then bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.